Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Charlie is the founder of Pondering Christianity, which is an amazing uh, YouTube channel where he really breaks down these tough questions and and puts them into bite-sized chunks. So you and I, not only can we process it, but we can dialogue in conversation uh, with other people about it. So it's called Pondering Christianity on YouTube. We'll put the links in there in the comments. Phenomenal conversations about ready to take place. And uh, Charlie's got a great word for you here. So let's go ahead and let's, let's uh, without further ado, my good friend, uh, Charlie Mitchell. What is going on, Freedom Church? My name is Charlie, and I'm excited to be here with you guys. Um, Mike has asked me to speak with you guys today on, uh, obviously, the hidden nature of God. And so um, I'm really excited and thrilled to have the opportunity to speak on this topic for you guys today. And uh, I'm really praying and hoping that it is just absolutely beneficial for you guys. And you walk away from this thing feeling a lot more reassured on uh, how to exactly feel the presence of God um, and uh, a little more strategic and all of that. So without further ado, let's get in there. Let's get started and let's get to teaching. All right. So first things first, right? Why is God hidden? Or is he? Is he really hidden? That's the question we're looking to answer today. So before I dive into my next slide here, I want to tell you guys a quick story. All right. When I first moved out to Norfolk, Virginia, while I was out in the military, one of the things that we always talked about doing was going and seeing the admirals that were there. And the admirals is a hockey team that was out in Virginia and, and specifically within Norfolk. And we would go there and we would see these games. And, and I just remember being totally blown away by how cool of an experience it was just simply to go. But something that was always kind of a, a roadblock or an obstacle for me was that I didn't understand the game of hockey. I, I, I had no idea. I, most people don't, right? At least, at least from my experience, most people don't. And so I, I just kind of watched the games and thought they were entertaining and people would hit each other and the puck would sometimes go in and that was fascinating and everybody loved it, but that wasn't enough for me. So what I began to do and what my friends began to help me with was teach me the game of hockey. Now, I began to learn more and more about hockey and as I began to learn more and more about hockey, I began to learn there are different levels of kind of knowledge, if you will. Okay, and so initially I was learning different, like at the top here, I was learning the different rings on the ice. I was learning what a goal was, what counted as a goal, what didn't count as a goal, the referees, what they were doing, who they were, what like, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like learning that sport. And then I kind of got into these more complex issues of like tripping and icing and what is a slap shot. The, this is when I began to learn more about the sport to the point where I was kind of at this intermediate level of knowledge. And also, I would then begin to learn things like wrist shots and deeks and good pass, bad pass. And all this to say that I began to learn the sport in a way that was very revealing to me. And I, I began to become more of an expert at hockey. And so I began to notice who was good and who was bad. And I, 
the, the game of hockey took on a whole new meaning to me because I could see these intricacies within the sport that allowed me to really see the bigger picture of what was going on. And you see these avid hockey fans or these avid fans of any sport, and they're, they're trying to talk to you about all these cool different things that are going on within the sport. And if you're not interested or you don't know, you're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, go bore someone else, right? But as you kind of get into it and you learn the sport more, you suddenly see all the different components and dynamics at play within the sport. You start to appreciate all the layers of strategic complexity that have been woven into this activity to create this this intricate experience that's just not necessarily just people running around slapping a puck on the ice, right? Or pretty much any other sport. And that is the lesson in which we're going to teach God's nature, okay? Now, this comes full circle when you realize the parallels between the two. Just like learning hockey allows you to recognize and improve upon hockey, learning God, right, allows you, learning God's nature specifically, allows you to recognize God's nature in this world. It allows you to point it out, call it, call it out, see what it is, okay? And it allows you to have a stronger relationship because you don't have so much guesswork involved when God's showing up in your life. I know initially when I first became a Christian, and, and still to this day, I think we all struggle with this to some capacity. But I remember becoming a Christian and just being like, man, this is, this is, where is God, right? It, it, you, you have these days of hard times and you just want God to swoop down, wrap his arms around you and make things a lot better. But the, the reality is, is that those days don't always come. Sometimes you're just lying in that anguish. Now, we must learn God in order to recognize God. Now, you might ask yourself, how do I recognize God's nature? Well, it turns out the Bible was very helpful in giving us the exact criteria we needed to know in order to recognize God in our lives. All right. Matter of fact, Paul tells us what the fruit of the spirit is, right? In Galatians 5, 23, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, there is two meanings to this. In our lives doesn't necessarily just mean in my life in particular. I can be on the giving or receiving end of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I can be on the giving or receiving end of that. You see, and so sometimes God shows up in our lives in a way that is someone else coming and loving on us, joy, peace. Sometimes it's a supernatural peace given to us. It's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's undeserved goodness, it's undeserved kindness. Maybe somebody in your life is exercising undeserved kindness for you. They're, they're exercising undeserved lo love for you. And so, or joy, you know, they're, they're working to help be this presence of God within your life. And the more you, you learn these, these particular intricacies of God's nature, the better you get at recognizing that in your day-to-day -day life. Okay, same thing here. Paul echoes this importance in 1 Corinthians 13, 11 through 13. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, right? He's referring to spiritual growth. He's not, obviously he's not talking about his physical growth. He's talking about spiritual growth. But when I grew up, 
I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. He's referring to when we get to heaven, when we are reunited with God's presence in its full capacity without any kind of barriers. All this I know now is partial and incomplete. Then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And he goes on to talk about the, the characteristics of love. Okay, so Paul is giving us a blueprint. All right, and he's giving us a, he's giving us a great blueprint here for exactly what, and I apologize, I think my, my, uh, my camera's in the way. Uh, my, my face is in the way, but he's giving us, he's giving us a, an outline here of what exactly this looks like. He tells us, these are the things you should be looking for. These are the fruit of the spirit. And these are the things that will actually allow you to recognize when God is showing up in your life every single day. And the better you get at this, the better you realize that God is actually interwoven into every day, every second of your life. It just is a difficult practice to keep in mind right having the faith having the trust to keep these things in mind because sometimes we need that overwhelming physical presence okay and god knows that that's that's a part of the equation that we that we crave deeply and we're not the only ones who struggled with this king david as a matter of fact struggles in it and he talks about it within the psalms right does god hide and why well here we find out oh lord how long will you forget me forever how long will you look the other way how long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat saying we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall, but I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. You see, David... And, and you have to bear in mind here that, that David has had a life laced with supernatural interactions with God. I mean, I think a lot of people want God to just come down and have this, this supernatural experience with them. Well, if, if the Bible has taught us anything, it's that one, two, three, four, five, six, a hundred supernatural experiences with God. I mean, the disciples had years with Jesus. That still wasn't enough. We are, we are designed by God to want to be with him and he wants to be with us it's it's you, you these things are, are inseparable and so when we are distant from god we want to have that that restoration we want to have that healing we want to have that connection reestablished with our god and so we we have to have the trust in his unfailing love and it's an act of faith it's an act of of trusting in god and his promises to us and you might ask yourself well who, why does that benefit God? Well, you're looking at it from the wrong direction. The, the exercise and trust doesn't benefit God. It benefits you, okay? It benefits you, much like a child, right? You're standing there, you know you're going to catch the child, and they want to jump off this tall ledge, right? And you know you're going to catch that child, but you're working with them to build a trust, right? It's a trust exercise, you know you're going to you know you're going to catch them, but yet they still have this. They logically believe that you're going to catch them, but they still have this rationale, this emotional issue of trying to learn how to trust you, and so they have to work through that to get to the point where they're ready to jump out and just let you catch them. Well, you're doing that to teach the child the value of trust, to teach the child the value of having faith 
and someone that loves them, that, that's willing to be there for them. Well, in the same sense, God is working with us to teach us, to grow us. The best way to see if someone has learned what you've taught them or believes what they say they believe is to see what they do when you're not around. I'm going to say that again. The best way to know if someone has really learned what you've taught them and really believes that is to see if they do it when you're not around. So when God's not around, you should see this as an opportunity. You should see it as an opportunity to test yourself, to work your faith, and to find God's presence in your day-to-day life to work back to getting towards God. And, and I believe that there are other spiritual reasons, which we won't get into today, that could potentially be roadblocks in that situation. Um, you know, sin in our lives will ultimately be a roadblock. And so we should work to rectify that because that's always going to be something guilt will kind of weigh on your mind. And that's kind of what you work to, to get back to God with is you try to get back to God by simply repenting of those sins, which is just simply to say, you're, you're trying to get to this position where that sin is no longer a roadblock between you and God. Because, I mean, it's like if, you, if you're with your best friend, right, and you know you did something that your best friend didn't want you to do, well, that's kind of going to sit on your mind while you're interacting with them. And they're going to be like, what's wrong? What's going on? And there's just going to be this part of you that just wants to scream what you did and get on the same page with them and just get the truth out there, right? The truth eventually finds a way out, but maybe you decide to keep it hidden and then you know eventually that truth is going to find its way out. And when it does, it's going to be way worse. And so repentance is just a chance for us to come forward and say, look, this is what happened. I know I messed up, but I want to fix this relationship. And so God, we we, we tend to see this as like a supernatural component. And so God wants us to reconcile ourselves with him to be there with him and to trust him. And sometimes he needs distance in order to give us the chance to exercise the faith and exercise our trust in him. We need that distance in order to grow that. It's an opportunity to grow those things. All right. So you're not the only one who struggled with it. Even people within the Bible who had supernatural experiences with God and spoke to God these people even struggled with it. These people, the moment God left their side, the moment they lost God's presence in their day-to-day life, they were just as sorrow-ridden as, as you or I would be in that same situation. So don't think that you're not, don't, don't think that you're the only person who struggles with this. All Christians struggle with this. This is something that everybody deals with. And so learning God, learning what he is, what his nature is, allows you to see him and reunite with him much quicker, much quicker. God hides, yes, but he does so in plain sight. He hides within the love of our lives. Specifically, I would say unconditional love, especially, is a very clear presence of God in your life. Unconditional love, a a parent loving you, a child, right? A dog's love for you. You love the dog. Maybe it's a cat, a bird, whatever. Your connection with another person, especially one that's on unconditional merit, these connections are beautiful gifts from God. And in these connections, we are able to experience some of God, God's love, some of God's presence in our lives. Joy, when you're laughing, you having these great euphoric moments of just pure laughter, of just enjoying yourselves. And it could be the craziest times. You know, laughter really helps break up a situation, right? You, I, I laugh to keep from crying, right? So for me, it, it kind of helps create this this amazing uh, kind of deflection of energy into a different situation. So for me, laughing to keep from crying really helps kind of put the emphasis on joy as opposed to sorrow. Peace, having peace, those moments of just 
bliss when you're out in nature and you're just experiencing all of God's creation. These moments when you have the connection with that nature and you're just looking at the mountains and the trees or the birds or the ocean or whatever and you're just like, this is so magnificent. That's a beautiful moment that feels wonderful because you are actually getting to tap into God's nature right in that moment. It allows you to connect to that. And what better way to do that than to connect with God through his creation and ultimately to him? All right, kindness. When you're receiving a, a kind act from someone, right? Like when, when you're just like, man, you're, you're just been a jerk all day and you know it and someone just comes up and does something super nice for you. It just melts your defenses and suddenly you're just in a really good mood, right? And it could be a ton of different things. You know, it could be something as simple as you've been a jerk all day and your animal comes up and just loves on you or maybe a kid comes up and loves on you or maybe someone in your family or your friend just comes up and loves on you and they just blow past those angry defenses and they just melt you down. And that's just another example of God showing up in our lives, right? The fruit of the spirit, right? When you see that fruit, you know it's of the spirit. It's in our life, okay? And faithfulness. Faithfulness is, again, this is a gift. This is an ability that we have in order to work towards reestablishing our trust within God. I may not I may not always be with my wife, Allie, and I love having her around, but in the same token, I have faith that she's going to return, right? And so it allows me to get through those times. The reason death is so dramatic for us is because we feel it's this final separation. It's difficult to have faith in those situations. So faithfulness is knowing that that relationship is going to return at some point in time. And so the longer we know that period to be, the harder it is, but it's also a great exercise of faith. All right. And finally, I'm going to sum this up with John. I think first John does an excellent job. He sums up this situation beautifully. And I could not give better advice. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Okay? That is the easiest and simplest takeaway I can give you. Okay? If you want to experience God in your life, you must embrace love. You must embrace love. It is the utmost, most powerful force in the universe, as Paul puts it. And there's a reason for that, right? God is love. Love is God. These two are synonymous with one another. So when you're experiencing moments of love, when you're experiencing the beauty of that gift, everybody on this planet gets to experience that. But only some of us are fortunate enough to understand the source of that power, the source of that phenomenon, the source of why love makes us do irrational, illogical things, right? Because it's so powerful that we just want to do what's best for the person that we love or they want to do what's best for us, okay? That's what I'll close with today, guys, is we know how much God loves us by the love that he gives us and by living in us with that love. So if you look to you know if you want to unify yourself with God, the best way to do that is seek love out, become love as best as you possibly can. I know it's hard, right? That's why it's an exercise, that's why it's a journey, and ultimately God wants to teach you and teach me how to be better Christ, many Christ-like Christians, many Christ-like individuals, and Christ was love. So with that in mind, I hope today that uh, if you need love in your life and maybe you feel like it's been, it's been uh, far away from you, that you would consider inviting God back into your life or inviting God into your life for the first time and just allow his love to fill your life up, fill that presence and do everything you can to exercise your faith in those times when you're not feeling the love. That's a good chance to prove 
that you are true to what you want to be and not just giving in to the moment you don't feel the love. All right. I will see you guys next time. I hope you guys found this super beneficial and uh, God bless. And uh, Mike, thanks for the opportunity and uh, love you guys and keep killing it. You guys are doing great up there. All right. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you wanna partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's gonna get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.